10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. New Year's in Gotham. The clock struck midnight, and fireworks launched all over the city to ring in a new year. And while the city celebrated entering 2020, their most faithful guardians, Batman and Robin, were about to endure their last battle together as partners. Both of us knew this was inevitable. With college, with Barbara, with what little life I had of my own. With all of that, I had to be late the one time when I was really needed. It was easier when I was just a junior partner. Now there aren't enough hours in the day or the night. Both of us knew there would come a time when I wouldn't be there for backup. Or cut it too close, like the night in question. Clayface's latest mud flap. As my bat snowmobile cut its way through the thick snow towards Gotham City's water treatment plant, I launched myself and a vehicle through the window to see you and Clayface going toe to toe. The big bad Batman versus a mutated actor turned monster. I knew you were hurt, but you'd never let him see it. I dove off the back of the snowmobile letting it careen itself right into Clayface, sending the hulking mud monster back off the railing you two were fighting on, and right into a vat of water below. It wouldn't be much, but it'd give you a moment of rest as I landed next to you. Can you stand? Yes, but Clayface isn't finished. We watched as Clayface absorbed the vehicle into himself, collecting all his muddy parts back into his body almost instantly. That almost hurt, Punk! How'd you like a re-sculpt? Now I knew Clayface was just a goon with a mud on, but he was still dangerous. I managed to dive out of the way just in time. Now what would you prefer? A flower pot or an ashtray? Have to catch me first, Play-Doh. I could still see the tread of the snowmobile track embedded into Clayface's shoulder as he continued his approach. Maybe Carlo wasn't crazy scary like Joker, or unpredictable nutso like Harvey Dent, but he was gross. And I wanted him out of Gotham's waters, so my plan was to turn tail and run. Which of course, he gave chase. An open field of snow would give me the advantage against him, rather than the confined treatment plant. Even though I won't deny that he's one of the more dangerous of our foes. Little creep! Your foes. I'll drown you in... Uh, in me! Also one of the more resilient with this whole mud-morphing bit. To a fault, that is. Mud's just dirt with water, right? So, why was he so surprised that the longer he spent out in the cold of Gotham's winter, the slower he started to run? That was my chance. Clayface was moving slower and slower until I turned on a dime and sprinted at him now. Returning the favor with quick succession of punches and kicks across his muddy face until he wasn't moving at all. 
And there I was, knocking on the chin of one of your deadliest foes like it was a door. <laughs> a classical. No time to wait for the silt and muck to settle out, though. But lower the temperature enough, and you've got permafrost. For the record, I don't know why we never thought up this tactic. Not that it matters now, anyway. You seemed even grumpier than normal as you approached me from behind. The black, bat-shaped figure against the white snow. I know, I know, I'm late. College business. I passed all my exams, by the way. I'm just trying to explain my side of it. Because we don't talk. Not really. Not ever. Save it. And when you turned to yell at me, I saw it. Wrapped in your cape like a swaddle. A baby. Just an infant. Wrapped in the cold cape of a monster. Look, I don't know how many hundreds of people my business degree will rescue, but it's pretty important to me. I said save it. See, I'm unique in this family. A talker among writers. Alfred's got his journal. You've got your files. Babs keeps an account of everything. Well, I've only ever recorded a message like this once before the first time. But I figured this is the right way of telling you what went wrong between us from the beginning. That night at Haley's Circus... Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for the most terrifying, the most death-defying, the most dazzling performance of high-flying acts your eyes will ever see? Coming back to their home of Gotham City, it's the amazing, it's the electric, it's the stunning Flying Graces! When Zucko tamper up with the equipment, Murdering my parents? When I was on my knees at their bodies, you were next to me. With a hand on my shoulder. You can cry over them. Or you could take what you're feeling and do something better with it. You took me into your home. Trained me. I had cuts on my hands from all the batarangs I would throw at targets. Only to hear you say, Do it better. I continued to practice my acrobatics in your cave, doing flips and dives, rolls and ducks. But if my footing wasn't absolutely perfect upon landing... Do it better! A stack of bricks. Five high. I punched through four of them with a single strike. Do. It. Better. All my life I've been trying to impress you. To show you that you chose well when you offered me this job that I wouldn't break under pressure, that I'd become what you wanted me to be. Look, when I got home and saw the signal, I came running. You should have been beside me from the start. I'm supposed to be your partner, not your errand boy wonder. Lately, you've been neither. We weren't paying much attention to Basio Carlo as he burst from his icy shell with a revolver. Yap, 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 ladies. Just give me the kid, and you girls can go back to your little bat spat. But you always taught me that a gun deserves respect, no matter which idiot is wielding it. No. 
I thought you were distracting him, giving me time, so I sent my hand swiftly to my hip and grabbed a birdarang from my utility belt. What do you mean, no? Just what I said, Carlo. But I did see what you saw. The frozen mud that had coated the gun. How the moment he pulled that trigger, it would all backfire. Get down! And it did. As the gunshot went off, the barrel of the revolver exploded in Clayface's hand, sending metal debris into both of our capes as we worked together to shield the child. Carlo had fallen backwards in the snow, and as our capes lowered, you had your arms extended. You were trying to hand the kid off to me. Take him! Nuh-uh, I'm on cleanup. We both knew that Carlo would make like a mudslide if he had the chance, and I had given you enough attitude to give him a head start. So there I was, running from one fight to finish another. Robin! He didn't last too long in the cold before, back when he was all clayed up, barefoot and buck naked in the blizzard. He wasn't going to be much better. His footprints had led me right into a forest, the perfect spot to gain the lead as I leapt into the trees, swinging from branch to branch with ease. He should have molded himself into a snowbird like I did and taken the high road. Instead, he opted for the low ground approach. Way low. His tracks ended at a brushed off open sewer grate. Now why would he go down? Ah, oh, crap. The air got warmer and warmer as I slowly and regrettably climbed down the ladder into the Gotham City sewer. Like biological warmth. You know what I mean. I was just glad that I left the pixie boots behind for this one. As I trudged further into the sewage tunnel, I found Carlo rebuilding himself. Out of what? I didn't really want to think about it. I was more concerned about bringing him down hard before he got too big to stop. Babs and I were working on his new gadget, still awaiting official bat authorization, but I was betting we'd do the trick. Call it an electro-rang. Patent pending. Carlo was grounded in sludge, so when I threw it at him, he took the full jolt. But just in case his clay coating insulated him, I figured a lump kick would soften up the gooey Carlo feeling inside. Imagine my surprise when my kick completely decapitated the monster. All clay, no face. <laughs> you stepped in it this time, bird brain. Up to your neck. He was behind me. It was a copy clay. The sludge I stood in hardened before a tidal wave of the stuff sent me right into Clayface's grasp. His huge, muddy hand wrapped around my throat and mouth. Your partner took the kid, right? Is he planning an exchange? I hate the blind rat, but I know he'd never hurt a child. I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe. This was it. Do or die time. I threw my grapple line up into the air at a large pipe that loomed over us. An action that enraged Clayface. He threw me hard into a brick wall. Hard enough to make the brick shatter as my back slammed against it. Me? I don't have any problem with breaking you like a piñata! 
In the old days, I would have plastered this dirt bag with the works. Oh, I'll tell him you're still alive. He'll believe me, because he has to. I managed to stumble over to the water valve and tie my grapple line around it as Clayface's hand drenched over my face yet again. He'd hate to think of his kid's sidekick lying dead in a gutter somewhere. I pushed back hard against him, my back to his chest, tossing the line over both of our heads to get it behind his neck. Huh? This the best you can do? A noose? You're gonna try to hang a guy made out of mud? Or you're just trying to aggravate me to death? Well, I'm aggravated, okay? As he swung at me, his fist caught the line wrapped around the pipe, pulling it back sharply as I dove into the muck. The pipe burst and blasted Clayface, washing him away down the river. I guess that was my secret weapon. Everyone always underestimates the kid, especially guys like Clayford Reigns. And that's when you rejoined our little mud wrestling match, standing over Basile Carlo's naked body. You shouldn't have gone after him alone. Except you weren't much for celebrating my... our victory. At least, my part of it anyway. No need to thank me. Where's the baby? In the car. The rest you summarized on the way to GCPD, where we dropped off Carlo and the baby. I watched as his mother ran up beside Commissioner Gordon to take the child from your arms. It feels like I should be tired of saying this, but thank you, Batman. Is Robin in the car? Yes, he joined me later at the scene. Ah, I see. It's such a shame about Carlo. He finally gets released on parole from Blackgate, is out for a week, and then kidnaps his own child on New Year's. They say he's getting moved to Arkham, you know. Arkham may be good for him at this point. Safer for his family as well. I'll say. There's a new doctor down there that's generating quite the buzz. They say she's even making progress on the Joker. I'll believe it when I see it, Jim. If she's getting through to the Joker, then Clayface should be light work. Oh, and when you see Robin, would you tell him... Thank you? God, I hate it when he does that. She doesn't look so rich. You can't tell me Clayface was looking for some fat ransom. Carlo was the child's father. It was a domestic dispute. How appropriately ironic. And information I could have used before getting down and dirty with Clayface. So the kid was never in any real danger? Except maybe hypothermia. With a father like that, can you be so sure? No. I guess not. My word! 
As the Batmobile pulled back into the Batcave, Alfred was 20 feet up on the ladder, dusting off the giant robotic T-Rex that you kept as a trophy in the center of the cave. I was relieved to see that at least he was happy to see me. Master Grayson, so the prodigal son makes his triumphant return. He was excited to see me. Not just Robin, the late partner. And that's where master and servant differ. You are indeed a sight for sore eyes, lad. Even covered in, ahem, filth, as you are. Jeez, you're bleeding. Tis but a flesh wound and beneath your notice, young sir. The perils of performing a periodontal cleaning on one of the garish trophies you both insist upon cluttering the secret grotto with. Boys and their overgrown toys. Alfred, we could both use something hot to take the chill off. Peanut butter and marshmallow cream on toast, Master Grayson? By the way, I've left you a bit of a surprise in the changing room. Robins do molt their feathers before becoming full-fledged adults, do they not? As Alfred dabbed away at the bleeding cut from his forehead and made his way upstairs, I couldn't help but think about how he always went out of his way to make sure I felt at home. That I belonged in this place. Above in the manor, or down in the secret grotto, where we wear masks and talk in code. Which explains why you got him out of the way. Alfred might have kept us from saying things we'd regret later. He always had faith that the dynamic duo could survive anything. Except, maybe each other. While you were typing in the Batcave's lockdown sequence... I found that surprise Alfred was talking about. It was a new, nicely folded Robin costume. Bigger, more armored, and with pants. As I looked at it, I remembered the first time I put on the Robin costume as a child. Looks good, doesn't it? Long leggings would be more practical. Nah, bat wedgies and all that. Better to keep it light. Just remember the burden you carry when you wear it. And now here I stood, the exact same spot, holding a new and improved Robin costume. But as I'm about to try on the new uniform, you're suddenly behind me. Looks like I can finally retire the pixies in shorts, huh? We need to talk. Funny how that always meant you talking and me listening. Except this time. This time... There was yelling. <sighs> I get it. You need me in Gotham more. This is a war, dick. Robin is my second, my lieutenant. Anything less than total devotion to this cause is simply wasting my time. This time, Alfred wasn't there to referee the verbal jousting between Knight and Squire, even though we could both hear him trying to get back into the Batcave from behind the clock entrance. This time, it was just you... Me, and the things you have to hear twice to know they're real. You're fired. Uh, what? Fine, I'll say it again. You're fired, dick. Get out of my cave. This time, it was for good. I mean, permanent. One door closes and another opens. Masters? Is everyone all right? I seem to be locked out of your clubhouse. 
Fine. If that's the way you want it. See you around. Dick! Or is that only how it works for normal people? People who lead normal lives. People who don't live in caves and wear masks and talk in code. And for the first time ever, you, the Batman, struck fear into my heart as you came up behind me. At first, I thought it was to apologize. Stupid, I know. But instead... Leave the uniform. I never even got the chance to try it on. I just dropped it and kept walking. Fine. And I kept walking. Right out of that cave. I can't even imagine what you told Alfred when you finally let him back in. Master Wayne, Master Grayson, do you require assistance? Dick's gone, Alfred. Gone? To where, sir? Dismissed. Though, it's not as if he hadn't heard it before. After all, this wasn't the first time you fired me. And his unused uniform there? Surely you don't expect me to wear it. Nightwing, Year One, Part One. Final Flight. Directed, edited, and produced by Matthew Dawson. Based on comics by Chuck Dixon, Scott Bietti, Scott McDaniel, and Andy Owens. The voice cast for this episode by order of appearance include Ryan Doe as Dick Grayson, Ray Stacanus as Batman, Chris Johnson as Clayface, Drew Campbell as Commissioner Gordon, and Rob Patrick as Alfred. This production is the effort of the Mortalverse Audio Dramas and its volunteering associates. It is in no way affiliated with or representative of Warner Brothers or DC Comics and their characters. This project has been created by the fans for the fans to show our appreciation towards this franchise. This project has been released for free. Thank you to everyone who helped bring Nightwing Year One to life. Mortalverse Audio Dramas will always be grateful for your time and dedication to this project.